Thank you, Lisa. Just got back from Knoxville Chinese Church where I was uh, this morning for an ordination service for elders. It's just beautiful experience and just love the folks there. Um, many of you are familiar that their ministry actually began here at Calvary in what is now our Kid Stuff Theater uh, was their church. And they grew and God's blessed them. Uh, Pastor Mike Chang has uh, retired and moved to Bakersfield, California. Uh, Pastor Fan Young Ding is uh, doing an, an amazing job there now. I just love getting to be with them. I'll actually be with them again next Sunday morning before our worship service as well. So appreciate your prayers for that fellowship, Sister Church there. Um, I'm Dan, and I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary, and haven't been here in a couple of weeks. I missed you guys. It's good to see you all back. Did you have a good Christmas? No, I got to eat homemade food, and yeah, isn't that cool? Um, and you got to cook homemade food, and uh, it's good to be here. Um, when I say I miss you, it's not a cliche. I really do, and uh, it's good to be good to be back in this room uh, with you guys today. Today, what I'd like to do is to begin a brand new series called Building a New You. And this whole thing is going to be, for the next several weeks, um, revolving around the idea that's actually one of my favorite topics, seriously, that you can begin again. You can start over. Some of you, you may need to start over. You think, I just need to hit a reboot, reset on my whole life. For some of you think, well, it's just this area or this area uh, that I need to begin again in. And I'm pulling for you. And I believe this can be uh, a time that you look back on and realize God did something permanent and something big in, in your life. And I'm praying that for myself. I want at the end of this year, what is it, 2015? I want at the end of 2015, uh, which sounds like science fiction to a guy like me, <laughs> Uh, but it's it's here. I want to be at the end of this year. I want to be a different man. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better husband. I want my wife to be able to say that. I want to be a better dad, a better pastor. And I know that I can't just keep improving, you know, and trying to work on this or tweak that and, you know, just kind of eventually become better at this. Now, I know there has to be, there has to be this process in my life where there's less of me and more of Jesus uh, that takes place. That last song was so appropriate because uh, that's, that's what needs uh, to happen, I think. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would really do a powerful work in, in each of our lives. And I love the gospel. And that the thing about it is that it gives, a, it gives us a chance to start again. And again, and again, and again. Some of you may be aware of the fact that uh, Andre Crouch passed away this week. And I love that guy. When I went to college, I had grown up in a rock and roll environment and blues, and I would go to all the clubs in Memphis, and every concert that came to town, I was there. I saw Tom Hodges this week, and we were kind of comparing he went to the easy, light, soft stuff, and you're such a gentleman. I love that. And I was banging my head to other things. But uh, so it was a transition, and I realized some of this is really not healthy for me to get this constant diet of that, and I didn't know what to do. So I started listening to, like, 
whatever I could find in Christian music, and I didn't really enjoy it. And that's, if you do, God bless you. There's so many different styles, and I think God's given us a lot of creativity and variety in the body of Christ. But it wasn't exactly, you know, doing it for me. And my roommates came in one day and said, what are you listening to? And I said, well, Christian music, you know. I mean, I'm trying to kind of balance my diet here. And they said, oh, that's, we're going to come on with us. And they took me over to Little Rock, Arkansas to a concert. People you probably don't remember or ever heard of, um, Phil Kagey, a band called David in second chapter of Acts, and just, just some of the, what God was doing in Christian music at that time. And then a friend of mine and I went to the Memphis State Ballroom and heard a guy named Andre Crouch. Oh. Wow, it just blessed me so much. Um, I had him on Spotify all weekend, and I would just listen to it and think, Oh, man, I forgot about that song and that song. and Just how powerful and how anointed he was. In fact, the song that Kathy and I used at the end of our wedding that we walked out on uh, was not Rocky Top. I'm sorry. I know that's such a disappointment, but we, we were wearing blue back then and not orange. Um, we've repented. Um, God has changed us. He can change you. Uh, but it was the song, a song called My Tribute. Uh, and God changed me in some ways. He's still doing that. And he wants to do that with you. Now, that may happen overnight, and I, I pray that God, it was some of the changes in my life have happened, I mean, just in the blink of an eye. I mean, just, just like that, I became a new person. Some have been after failure and failure and failure and the need to begin again and to begin again, and that's okay. And I've got this feeling that that's where some of you are right now in maybe one area of your life or you're thinking quietly nobody can tell because I, I look fairly normal but you know you think no I need that for my whole life that's a good thing because there's times in your life when you find yourself turning a new page beginning a new chapter in your story sometimes this happens for positive reasons maybe you've given your life to Christ or you know you've been reaffirmed by some truth that you knew and it's come back and you think wow, I want to step forward in that and I want to be a different woman I want to be a different man other times it's been because of some negative experience that brought you to this moment this place this new beginning could have been a divorce a lost job a health crisis, a breakup. Sometimes you arrive at this place simply because you came to this realization that your life isn't working out like you thought it would and like you dreamed of. It's time to start a new track. Listen, if what you're doing is not working and you continue to do that, I know this is a cliche, I know you've heard this, but that's been said, that's the definition of insanity. I'm just going to try it again. I'm going to keep trying the same thing over and again. Kathy got a new coat for Christmas, and she lost it, and she's trying to find it. But I noticed one of the things we do, because she offered a $20 reward, which is huge where I come from. You know, and I thought, I'm going to find this coat. I'm trying to race my son-in-law and beat him to it because he wants the 22. Uh, so, so we're walking around looking. But you know how you look for things sometimes? You just kind of walk around going... And it's not there. <laughs> and you just keep looking in the same places. I was looking for your coat. And so last night I'm talking about it, and I opened cabinets in the kitchen, and I'm thinking, 
why am I doing that? You know, like, oh, here, you stuffed it. And, you know, I thought, well, my grandson could have done that. You know, no, opening drawers, here's your coat, you know. And, but that's kind of what we do sometimes is we just go into a new year and we do the same things we did last year and we expect change and we expect victory and it doesn't happen and then we're baffled and so we blame our parents, we blame the teachers and all these people around us. Sometimes we call this turning over a new leaf. But really what it is, is paving the way to a new life. Everybody finds themselves in this position sometimes when they say, you know what? I need reset. I need to clear the decks. I need to start all over from the beginning. So whatever you brought into this place this morning, I want you to know that this series is going to help you. Make the most of each new day from this day forward. And each of these messages are designed, and they're all in this series going to be from the Gospels, from Luke. Uh, so as we work our way through this series, we're going to take a closer look at who Jesus is and what is it that he wants us to do? What can we expect? What does it mean, really? What does it mean to follow him? So today I'm going to talk to you about what I think is the most important aspect, and I'll probably say that next week. You know, I'll say, last week I told you that was the most important. Mm-mm, this one's the most important, right? You know, I'm going to just, just raise the bar every time. But this first principle will really determine whether what you're feeling is just good intentions and a temporary new leaf that'll lose its color and fade and crumble, or if it's a new life that will begin and sustain you for years and decades to come. And that's my prayer. One of the hardest things to do is to try again after you've already failed. And harder than that is to try again after you've failed a dozen or so times at something. And, and harder still is when you have failed a hundred times and you try to get up and you think, I'm going to do it once more, and you just don't feel like it's going to work. A few weeks ago, I was talking to a friend about... Uh, frustration she has with an ongoing problem and she said you know Dan the hardest part is getting started I know what I need to do but I'm just so and I'm afraid I'm going to fail again and convinced that you're doomed to stay in that's a lie that's a lie from hell let's look at this um, at an event in the early days of Jesus' ministry. And this story is pretty familiar for a lot of us uh, if you've been around church for a little while or you've read Scripture. And it highlights one of, I think, the most powerful spiritual principles that you're ever going to learn, that I've ever learned. And, and if you get this lesson, uh, the failures of yesterday are going to lose their grip on your life. And they're going to give way and the promise of tomorrow that may seem kind of sketchy and dim right now, it's going to come back to life. You're going to realize that God is still wanting to do what he set out to do. And that hope that you had, he can revive and refresh that. Make it real. Make it real. Here's what happened. There were uh, a few professional fishermen, um, and among them there was a guy named Simon, and he had spent the entire night fishing on the Sea of Galilee. And they'd come up with nothing. Just had one of those nights. It's 
It wasn't like a Caleb Lim kind of fishing trip. It was more like a Dan Riley kind of fishing trip. Really, what you're doing is just getting in a boat, and you're just going out there. It's not like Roger would do. It's just, you're just on the water and enjoying the day. Take a book with you, you know, because you're not going to catch anything if you go with me. It's just, it's just kind of one of those nights for Simon and his friends. Uh, and Jesus used the fisherman's boat for a little while uh, to teach the crowd that had come to hear him. Everybody kept pressing in closer and getting closer, and he's down on the beach, and he's, and he's kind of step, stepping back, and he finally said, hey, do you mind if I get in your boat because I, I, can't, I, I need some space. I need, I need some room. Uh, so that's what they did. Now, let's pick up right there, and it's in verse 4 uh, of Luke, Luke's gospel. And it says this, And when he had finished speaking... He said to Simon, you know, Simon's just listening. I, lo- I love this. You know, you've been listening and somebody turned to you and said, blah, 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 do this. And you go, oh, well, you kind of caught me off guard because I'm just here as a spectator. I'm just in the audience. I'm listening. When he turns and he says to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, uh, and I put that in. In the original Greek, it says, uh, master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught a large number of fish. Their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, because remember, Jesus is still in the boat. He, he went out with them. And he said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. They were in this business together. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. What does this story teach us about beginning a new journey, or starting a new life? First of all, to me, uh, what I wrote in, in my journal is this, that you've got to go out into the deep. You've got to go deep. And I'm one of those old-fashioned guys that think uh, you can take the Bible literally I also know there's a lot of symbolism there. And I think this is one of those metaphorical moments when Jesus said, go out into the deep. And I just wrote that out in, my, in capital letters. Because I don't know what it was like to be you know, these professional fishermen, but I know what it is like for me and for you, metaphorically speaking, because we prefer to stay and to fish up close to the shore in our lives. We, we try to risk as little as possible so that our failures will be as unnoticeable as possible. I have a friend who's a, he's a, another, he's a pastor, and he told me recently about an opportunity his church had to reach hundreds of people. They were in a meeting, and they had this, this kind of outreach idea, and everybody was kind of getting excited. You ever been in one of those, and there's some momentum, and people are starting to get pumped about it and going, wow, this, this could be really cool. But then some of the people in the room said, yeah, but, you know, this could happen, and this could happen, and, and what about that, and what about this? And, and it's like just, you know, like that began. And somebody suggested, well, maybe we're to pull back a little bit, so in case it doesn't happen, 
if nobody comes and we don't see the results we thought we would see, then we don't look foolish and we've wasted all this time and money and we've discouraged people in church and we probably should play it safe. Let's choose an outreach program with a lesser downside, even if it has a lesser upside to it. And his frustration, the pastor was ready to go along with it, but he said to his leadership team, this is our greatest hindrance to growth. With every opportunity, we're afraid to go deep. And I encouraged him and said, well, I'm sorry your church is like that because we've got it all together over at Calvary and we always go deep and we're, you know, we're bold and we're courageous. Now, you know, I said, hey, brother, I feel it because we're kind of scared to take risks sometimes too. I'm scared to do that as a pastor sometimes. I think, why are you going to rock the boat? This is working pretty good. You know, I just don't think pretty good's pretty good anymore. Let's let 2015 be a breakout year and let's do some things even if there's risk involved. Even if some of your friends would look over and say, ooh, Calvary probably shouldn't have done that. You know, that was kind of risky. And uh, let's just get back to life as we know it. I don't think that's what God's called us to do. I don't think that's what God called you to do in your personal life. I think you need to go out deep. You need to quit playing it safe. Listen, don't settle for life in the shallow water. Nothing much happens there. Even if you have a history of failure, dare to go deep. Dare to hope for something bigger than you've ever experienced in your life. Dare to dream that even after a lifetime of addiction, you can finally be clean and sober. You can venture out into the deep. Say, I'm not going to date beneath me Again, I'm going to hold out for a godly man and I'm going to wait for God to bring him into my life and I'm going to believe for that. Go deep. Here's what I'm saying. Even if you've worked all night and your nets have come up empty again and again and again and again, don't be afraid to go back out in the deep. That's where Jesus is calling you. Don't be afraid to dream even now after all those failed attempts. And you walk past that pull-up bar in the doorway, or, you know, you drive past the donut shop, and you, you know, and you think, you know, it's just so comfortable. Honestly think that if you stop being so scared, and you dare to dream again with Jesus, even after all of that, your greatest success is just a few steps away. Jesus is saying, go out into the deep. And I think with that, once you're out there, what do you do? Well, here's what he said to them. He told them, let down your net. And can you imagine that moment when they've got their nets and they're like, okay, we're going to do this. We are so tired. My arms are aching. I'm hungry. It's been all night. And we just folded up the nets and we got them all clean and he wants us to take them out. And they probably glance at one another all right, let's get this done. And maybe they don't feel real confident about it. Maybe they don't feel like, okay, I'm excited. <laughs> let's do it. You know, and there's the treadmill, and you've got clothes hanging on it. And, you know, and there's cat hair, and you think, I don't know if that thing even will turn on anymore. It's mostly a coat rack. Uh, you know, God says, let down your net. Now, we know what Peter's response was. This was recorded. He said, 
Master, we worked hard all night. <laughs> As if Jesus didn't know about this. Uh, you may not have noticed what we were doing. That's what we were. We were fishing, and we, nothing's happening. We haven't caught anything. What he didn't say, you know, and I kind of wonder what he was thinking. He goes, you know, this isn't our first night on the job, Jesus. No disrespect, you know, uh, but Lord, who are the fishermen here and who's the carpenter? Uh, I think we know what we're doing. I've been fishing this lake since I was a little boy. Simon didn't say that, and I think he should be commended for it because he was a guy who has a tendency to blurt. Uh, had I been there, I would have blurted. <laughs> Jesus, I just, you know. Instead, Simon said exactly what he needed to say. And sometimes in your heart, like right now, you may be thinking of all the excuses and all the reasons you've got not to let down your nets, not to go out into the deep. You're just blurting back to the Holy Spirit. Stop for just a moment. In verse 5, he said, Because you say so, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Jesus is saying the same thing to you and me. Folks, he's saying, try again. Cast your nets one more time. I know this is a place in your life where you failed and you failed and you failed again and again and again and you're exhausted from trying and you're embarrassed and you're discouraged. It's a little humiliating. You've got nothing to show for it. I get it. I understand. I'm still going to ask you not to give up and to cast your net again. This is one of the most powerful spiritual principles you're ever going to learn and I'll just call it casting again. It's the secret to success in any endeavor. Keep casting your net. When I was a little boy, uh, I had this AM radio. Only my generation is going to relate to this. And you had this one thin little cord, and it would go in one ear. It was very primitive. And on that radio, I would listen to baseball games, and I would listen to boxing matches. You could watch them on television sometimes, but you know we only had three channels. So they weren't always on. Uh, so you would listen uh, to these fights. And one of the guys back then that really got people's attention was a guy named Floyd Patterson. At age 21, Floyd Patterson became the youngest man to win the world heavyweight title. He was also the first heavyweight boxer to lose the title and to regain it. He got it back. He has a record of 55 wins, 8 losses, and 1 draw with 40 of those wins being by knockout. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated four times. He won the gold medal of the 1952 Olympic Games. Once in an interview, sports writer Bert Sugar uh, commented to Floyd Patterson, and he mentioned, you know, he said, uh, Floyd, you've been knocked down more times than any other heavyweight champion in the history of boxing. And this is what I love, Patterson's reply. Yeah, but I also got up more than any fighter in the history of boxing. And Cassius Clay, who became Muhammad Ali, knocked him down. And this is the moment where Floyd Patterson and the whole crowd just stopped and there was no sound to see what's he going to do. That's the moment. He got up. He got up. 
this was real life. This wasn't Rocky Balboa, <laughs> you know, who didn't really get hit. This is a guy who really got hit and really got knocked down. That's what it means to cast your net again. Get up. Stay in the fight. Keep trying. God can redeem a failure, but he can't do much with a quitter. God can redeem a failure, but he can't do much with a quitter. God can redeem a failure, but he can't do much with a quitter. Don't quit. It's okay if you failed. I heard Chuck Swindoll say something years ago, and he said this, failures who give up are a dime a dozen. Failures who get up are one in a million. There's an interesting distinction in this passage in the Greek grammar. Jesus said, go out into the deep water and let down or lower or cast your net into the water. The verb translated let down, kalasate, I know fascinates you, is actually plural. In other words, he's not saying, come on, Simon, give it one last shot. What he's saying basically is get back to work and keep doing it doing it. And Peter's response was this, because you say so, I will let down my net. The phrase, I will let down, pronounced kaleso, is in the present indicative active tense, so it refers to this ongoing action. In other words, Peter's saying, because you say so, I'm going back out in the boat, I'm going to let down the net, and I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep casting. I'm going to stay at it. I know what it's like to be in that situation. Sometimes the hardest thing in the world is to cast your net one more time. You don't have the energy. You don't feel the motivation. You're just tired. Sometimes the hardest thing in the world is to go to your spouse and to say, I'm sorry. Let's keep trying to make things right. Sometimes the hardest thing in the world is to go to your boss and say, I blew it, I messed up, but I'm making an effort to do the right thing one more time. Sometimes the hardest thing in the world is to say, God, I have fallen away, and I'm miserable, and I need back in fellowship with you. I'm ready to try again, so give me another chance. I remember in high school going to one of my teachers who I didn't have a good relationship with. I'd offended her. She had offended me. It went back and forth. And I went to her after class when everybody left the room, and I told her name and said, we've started off on the wrong foot. Can we start over? Can we try again? And she said, yes. Let's start over. She said, when you come in tomorrow, and I'll call your name on the roll, it's brand new. Brand new relationship. You can do that. We can do that. This is one other idea that I want to give you before we go and to think about, and that's this. This new beginning, it's just the beginning. After these fishermen brought these two boatloads of fish to the shore, Simon fell at Jesus' feet and he said, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. I mean, he began to see the contrast. He began to be so more self-aware than he ever had been. And Jesus said to Simon Peter in verse 11, 
don't be afraid. It literally means stop being so scared. Fear has marked your life. How many decisions have you made based on fear? If you're like me, it's probably been a lot. Yeah, I'm kind of scared. I'm just going to do this. He said, stop being so scared. From now on, you're going to catch men. As a professional fisherman, Peter knew that what he just saw just doesn't happen. It doesn't ever happen. It can't happen. But it did happen. He knew that this wasn't just a matter of Jesus knowing where the fish were. He didn't have, you know, one of those little, you know, depth finders and said, I see where the school of fish is. Go, no, over now. He didn't, they weren't invented yet. Jesus just knew. He realized, Simon realized, I'm in the presence of greatness. I'm in the very presence of God. He fell at his feet. It was a turning point in Simon's life. Jesus said to him, in effect, what you witnessed just now is nothing compared to what you're going to see in days to come. You just caught a lot of fish and you made a lot of money. Wait till you see what happens down the line. Lives are going to be changed because of you. You know, Peter must have thought, uh, me? You know I'm just a fisherman and this is what I do. This is what you see before me. And I'm th- picturing him standing there and he's got this, you know, the water and he smells like fish and he's sweating and he's got on his old work clothes and Jesus said, yeah, you're the guy. Something good's going to happen. You're going to change nations. You're going to change history. Simon, this is just the beginning. I think Jesus, when he said that, I just picture him smiling and his eyes just twinkling going, Simon, it's just the beginning. You wait and see. I think he's saying that to some people in this room this morning. This new beginning that you're being called out to is just the beginning really believe this. I prayed a lot about it over the holidays. I think God has great things in store for you. More than just one full net. That's where the blessing begins, with a full net. But that's not where it ends. I cannot wait to see what God's going to do in some of our lives this year as we continue to lean into the dreams that God's given us, to abandon ourselves, to die to all of that junk and to let Jesus live in us, to be who he wants to be. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I know that a lot of people came to church today discouraged. Maybe just about one area of your life Maybe discouraged about every area of your life. And some of you may be thinking, Wow, Dan, if I could have a cup of coffee with you, I would tell you I've cast the net as many times as I possibly can cast a net. And I just don't have it in me to do it again. You're who I'm talking to. 
Jesus is nearby. Right where you're sitting at this moment, you're within sound of his voice. He's calling you out. He knows you're discouraged. He knows you're defeated. He knows you're just about ready to give up on your job, on your marriage, on your family, on yourself. He's calling you out. And he's saying, don't settle for less. Don't stay in the shallow water. Move out into the deep. Dare to dream again. Dare to hope again. Dare to believe again. And dare to cast your net yet again. Ignore that voice saying that you might as well give up and go away. Ignore that voice that says, well, maybe try it one more time and then give up if nothing happens. Ignore the voice that say there are no more blessings for you. There's something out there. There's a new beginning, and this is just the beginning of all that God plans to do in your life. This is where the journey to a new life begins. Folks, God has not given up on you. He has not given up on your situation. I'm not saying it's going to be fixed overnight. I'm not going to say there's going to be resolution and you're going to say, oh, wow, that was nice. God just waved his magic wand and it was all over. I don't know that that's going to happen. It might, but I don't know that. But I do know that God's going to change you. I think for some of us, he's already started. He believes in you. He hasn't given up on you. You don't give up on you. Jesus just got in your boat with you. He's with you. Let me pray for you. Let's sing a song of affirmation about that. And if you want to pray right where you are and just say, God, day one. (laughs) This is day one. If you want to turn these steps into... Uh, a prayer altar, then fine, do that. Come on up. If you just want to do it where you are, that's all right too. But let's let today be a day of starting over, of a new beginning. Let's do it together. I'm going to do that. I hope you will. We're going to do that even as a church. Let's stand. Father, I don't have a lot of confidence in myself always. But I have a lot of confidence in you. I've seen you do incredible things. I've seen you do things in the lives of people who felt like they were failures. We're ready to give up. They gave you another chance. and You're unbelievable. I pray that today would be one of those days that we look back on in weeks and months, maybe years to come, think that's where things turned around for me. Not just a new leaf, but a new life. God bless us. We give you praise. Oh Jesus, our eyes are on you. Our eyes